Hey, a special thanks to our sponsors, Jesse Brown's Outdoors, which this segment is bringing you, as well as Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. The next one, October 14th from 6 to 8 p.m. Come to Jesse Brown's to hear your neighbor's adventure. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Barty with the Carolina Outdoors, and I'm sitting right beside this special man right here. Wes Lawson. You know, Bill, we've got Storytellers Night coming up, and the best part about that is we've got a storyteller coming right up. That's right. We're going to delve into one of the storytellers on the October 14th night, Scott Von Cannon. He's going to join the program, Wes, with you and I, and tell a little bit about his background, his interest in the outdoors, and then we're going to delve into a fateful 2018 day that ended up being 24 hours plus a week of, uh, of hardship. And the story title, A Day Goodbye. Without further ado, let's jump in feet first and invite Scott Von Cannon onto the Carolina Outdoors. Scott, welcome. Thank you, Bill and Wes. I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, uh, the the uh, opportunity to tell this story is... Uh, um, near and dear to my heart hopefully will save save somebody from going through the uh experience that i had to go through but uh, basically uh i i was born and raised in north carolina i grew up in ashboro north carolina um center of the state where the zoo is and uh, growing up as a young man in ashboro there wasn't a whole lot to do but to be outside uh, in one way or the other and so i i spent a lot of my early years camping and fishing uh joined the boy scouts when i was about 12 and uh worked my way up into uh to life scout and uh order the arrow and we would do backpacking trips and um survival camping camping trips and uh, actually used to camp where the zoo is now officially located uh we used to call that purgatory mountain because there were so many rocks there but uh really loved the outdoors and uh, i remember one of our memorable trips was going to the north carolina mountains and doing a 50 mile backpacking trip when i was about 13. so so that's so, your uh, background so your background you've got a, a a foundation i guess in outdoor recreation enjoying being outside doing all of these things now scott you went from 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 those days in ashboro to a successful career but the outdoor pursuits that you had been introduced to as a youngster stayed with you. So you continued using the outdoors for release, escape, getting away um, while you were working. Yes, yes, exactly, Bill. Um, I, you know, after I uh, graduated high school, I, I ended up uh, going to Western Carolina, which was a, a really uh, great decision on my part since uh, the Tuckasegee River runs right through the uh, heart of the campus. And, of course, uh, my love for the outdoors and especially for the mountains grew even that much greater, uh, learning to trout fish and hike in the mountains and uh, camp and backpack and just uh, just really carried that through me, with me through college. And my intent was to become a game warden or park ranger, but uh, found out that that didn't pay too well. So I made a, a, a business career choice, and uh, but I still got to enjoy the outdoors. So with all of that being said, you worked, enjoyed the outdoors. But, Scott, one day in 2018, you and your wife were, were spending time at your vacation home in Highlands, the Highlands, North Carolina area, and you and, and your dog, Boone, decided to go for a hike. 
Now, the way I understand it is it wasn't just a hike. You were scouting water for you and your son to meet up to go fly fishing uh, to enjoy a later trip up there. But tell us about that hike in to the Endicott Wilderness in the Highlands area of North Carolina. Yeah, so uh, basically we we were fortunate enough to, to find a home up in Highlands in 2017, and we bought it. And uh, I had gone up in August of 2018, August, uh, I think it was August 20th, 20th or so, uh, to do a little work on the on the uh, house. And I took my dog Boone with me, and my wife was going to come up on the 22nd, and we were going to meet and spend the rest of the week up there uh, just working on the house and enjoying the mountains and the cool air. So that Wednesday, the 22nd, uh, I, she, she was coming up, going to be there at 4, and uh, I decided to, um, to do a, a day hike. And I had read an article about three months earlier on the Ellicott Rock Wilderness Trail. And um, so I opened my hiking book up and was flipping through some of the trails, and that particular trail uh, popped out on the page, and I, I said, well, I think I'm going to try that one today. And it was a, about a five-mile hike in to, uh, from the beginning of the trailhead to the Tatuga River, and I wanted to look for a few back backwater uh, areas to fish that didn't get a lot of pressure. So uh, I did I, I packed up my day pack, and uh, Boone and I jumped in my truck, and we drove down to the, to the uh, trailhead park and i got to the trail at around 11 and uh, it was a cool day about 75 degrees or so noticed right right from the beginning that the trail was pretty rough and primitive but uh but i'm used to that so uh, we just started uh you know started our trek through well and well, and then uh, scott for a lot of our listeners out there um uh, um wildernesses are unmaintained so for people who are listening the ellicott rock wilderness um, those trails aren't as maintained, so you probably had um, some overgrowth, some some fallen logs, things like that that had probably blocked the trail over time, unlike a state park or some of our greenways that are, are continually maintained. Oh, oh, exactly. Yeah, it was it was uh, not a a well maintained trail. It was, you know, they they don't allow um, any type of motorized vehicles, no horseback, no no motor, uh, no uh, mountain biking. Uh, it's basically just a pedestrian uh, footpath, and it's a, a very overgrown one. And there, there were quite quite a few trees down across the trail. A lot of uh, scrambling through uh, mud and muck, and underneath some rhododendron uh, overgrowth and that type of thing. So it was it was definitely a a, a hard hike. But uh, I had you know come used to that, uh, looking for the small streams for the native brook trout. And um, so we had made it uh, about four and a half miles. Uh, I could see the river. I could actually see the river when I stopped. And my dog took off uh, after a chipmunk or squirrel, and uh, I stopped, sort of surveyed the situation, took a sip of water, and um, I called my dog Boone. I said, Boone, let's go. And so I took one step, and as soon as I took a step, I noticed movement in the corner of my uh, left eye and looked down. About that time, I was struck on my calf by... uh, a snake, and I knew it was poisonous at the time that I was bit because I saw the fangs come out and hit my pant leg. Well, if you're just joining us, Scott Von Cannon is our guest. He is one of the storytellers at Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. The next one, October 14th from 6 to 8 p.m. Come here, a neighbor's adventure. And this story is really 
about to kick off because, Scott, as you take that step and feel that punch, and I think you said it was like um, being hit with a bat or something, the way that uh, snake punched you with its teeth and head, and that's where the story gets wily. Yeah, it, it was actually it was it happened so quick and with so so much force, I jumped back uh, immediately and just thought to myself, "Oh my goodness, I've just gotten bit by a, a snake, and I'm pretty sure it was poisonous." So I bent down and picked up my pulled up my pant leg and saw the two fang marks in my left calf, uh, right right below my knee and above my my hiking boot, and uh, ho- I was hoping it would be a dry strike, but. Uh, I, I felt pain immediately, and so fortunately I had a bandana tied to my uh, shoulder strap of my backpack, and I made a tourniquet uh, below my knee and above the bite. By the time I stood back up, I could actually taste the poison in the back of my throat. My uh, forehead started, uh, I started perspiring pretty heavily on my forehead. My vision got a little blurry, which was all within a matter of about five to ten minutes. Now, and, Scott, uh, how how did you know to to look in your bag or your pocket for that that bandana what told you that was the thing to do was that was that boy scouts what what slowed you down there yeah that was that was pretty much my first aid training from boy scouts and from when i was a scout leader uh i was a scout leader you know after i graduated college and after i'd gotten married at our local church and uh so we had done some first aid survival training and that was just one of the things that uh, had been ingrained in me, as you know, uh, if you're bitten by um, a poisonous snake, uh, you know, the best thing to do is to remain still, of course, and to uh, tie off the, the, you know, a tourniquet or put, or put the bite below your, uh, you know, that limb below the below your heart so that it takes longer for it to, to get to your system. And, you know, I think it's important that we that we recognize that uh, you must have been paying attention in all of those scout meetings because <laughs> a lot of people go through those trainings and then it, it kind of falls on deaf ears of, hey, I'm never going to need that. But clearly you did. So you you took a step back, you tied it off, and then did you limp out five miles? That's a, You were a long way from the parking lot. Right, right. Well, first, the first thing I did is I called my, you know, my dog uh, came running back over when he heard me. Uh, sort of making a commotion, and he went right after the snake, and that's when I noticed it was a rattlesnake. Uh, it was about a five-foot-long timber rattler. Uh, it blended so well with the with the uh, leaf litter and the undergrowth that I, I I could barely see him, but I could tell he was he was a pretty good-sized snake. And uh, so I pulled my phone out to call nine one one, and that's when it said no cell service. And of course, my heart sank at that point. And um, knowing that I had a uh, a mountain to climb to get back up to towards my truck. I began my my climb back out at a slow pace. I didn't want to panic, but uh, I wanted to get to the top of that mountain to hopefully get a cell signal. And uh, I didn't quite make it to the top of the mountain before I collapsed. Mm. So no cell service, unable to hike or crawl out five miles, just you and Boone, your dog, and a five-foot timber rattler. Correct, correct. Hmm. And uh, fortunately, uh, I made it up to a, a shaded spot with uh, on the side of the trail, and I put my I took my backpack off, um, and I pulled my bottle of water out. I had a, I did have a pistol with me and some bear spray because we had seen a bear four four weeks earlier on a, another expedition. Um, I wasn't that concerned about the bears, but just had it with me as uh, more as a. Uh, uh, backup, uh, I guess, uh, you know, comfort uh, 
backup than anything. But um, in any event, uh, I immediately started feeling nauseous and uh, began to, uh, you know, to throw up and to um, actually go and become unconscious and uh, just just felt my body uh, starting to shut down. And uh, this was around one thirty. Uh, one thirty in the afternoon. I got bit exactly around one o'clock that afternoon, and so about one thirty was when I went down. Now, so Scott, before you went on this hike, did you talk to any? Did you tell your wife or family where you were going? Did they have an idea where uh, you were? The unfortunate thing was, I did tell them. I did call her and tell her. I texted her and told her that I was uh, that I was going to go on a hike and I would be back by four to meet her. Uh, I didn't. I didn't tell her specifically where I was going to go. I said I would be down hiking down towards the Chattooga River. Um, and I, I believe I typed in Ellicott Rock, but I, I believe when I texted that, it, it actually um, auto-spelled it and changed it to Elliot, Elliot Rock or Elliot's mm. Trail or something. But anyway, she didn't really have an idea of exactly where I was at. So um, that was... That was, you know, sticking in the back of my mind. And um, so she left uh, Charlotte around noon uh, to drive to Highlands. And she said that around 2 o'clock she got a, just a, a gut feeling that something had gone was wrong. And she started calling and texting me and tried 18 times before she got to Highlands. And, of course, she gets, kept going straight to my voicemail. If you're just joining us, this is the Carolina Outdoors. Wes Lawson's right there. I'm Bill Barty. We are from Jesse Brown's Outdoors, but we come in here each week to break down four different segments for your listening pleasure. Whether you're listening to us via the airwaves of WBT Radio early on a Saturday morning, or maybe you subscribe to us via podcast, welcome aboard. We're celebrating something called Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. The next one's October 14th. It starts at 6 p.m. in Jesse Brown's. And Scott Von Cannon, our guest right now, is one of our storytellers. The story, A Day Goodbye. And Scott, let me talk to you a little bit about that. A Day Goodbye. Because at this point, um, there's not a lot of of hope going on. Um, You're laying there with venom flowing throughout your body. Um, you have no self-service, no ability to escape, to communicate, uh, any of that. A day goodbye. Scott, what goes through your mind when you're faced with your own mortality with this injury that has occurred? Well, you know, Bill, uh, you know, that, at that point, uh, it, I basically had gone into survival mode, and um, Boone, my dog, uh you know, had been in the woods with me since he's been a pup, and he never left my side. He uh, he stayed with me the entire time, and uh, you know that gave me some comfort. But uh, you know, basically, I just relied on my faith, and I just I began to pray, and I just prayed, um, you know, constantly all afternoon uh, while in and out of consciousness. Uh, I thought of family and friends, uh, and I just kept telling myself to breathe. Just remember to keep breathing. Just breathe and try to stay conscious. Uh, I would go unconscious, and I would actually find Boone licking me and pawing at me and wake, trying to wake me up, and I would come too. Now, did you ever, you know, I know you had walked away. Did you see or hear that snake ever again? I saw the snake uh, after Boone had, had come over. Yep. 
and we had jumped back. I saw the snake, and it had coiled back up to strike at Boone. And when I called Boone back, the snake turned and slithered back down the down the valley towards the towards the river. Um, I, that's the last time I saw it. Did and, you Did you uh, ever hear it rattle, or is this this was totally totally quiet? Totally quiet. And I had just come through a, a, a real dark uh, rhododendron mm-hmm. tunnel and, and, and broke through the sunlight. And like I said, it was a, a cool day, about 75 that day. And, uh, you know, there was so much leaf litter on the, on the, on the trail and, you know, it hadn't been maintained that much. So I just don't think I'd made enough noise to cause the snake to know that I was there. And when I took the step, it, it surprised the snake and uh, he just reacted, you know, or she just reacted uh, naturally and struck out and bit me. And later on, I found out the reason that the venom had, had reacted so quickly within my body was that the snake actually hit a vein and the poison went mm. straight into my system. Yeah, I think you, you at one time had said that you could taste it. <coughs> I mean, within almost moments, the venom in your throat, in its effect on your body, um, almost immediately. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was shortly, you know, within 10 minutes of, of being struck that I could actually, um, taste and feel the effects of the venom in my, in my body. And so that gave me a sense of urgency to try to get, you know, to a cell sig- signal, uh, or at least to try to reach, um, somewhere when someone might see me or hear me. Um, but I, as I said, I only made it about 650 steps up that mountain before I collapsed. And, um, I did, when I, when I did collapse, I, I put the pack down and got my bottle of water out, my pistol and bear spray. And I put my feet down, down below my heart, down the mountain or down the trail and my back up against the side of the mountain and, uh, tried to find as much shade as possible and, uh, just laid there and tried to survive. Yeah, I think it's important that everybody pay attention to to what you did, staying calm, tying off above, keeping the, the bite site below your heart, again, staying calm, drinking water. And then, of course, you know, we, we assume that our cell phones are always going to work, and it took quite some time for yours to really be of any real use. Um, and then, of course, you have Boone taking care of you and staying as your new, con- you know, not your new, you've had him for a while, but your constant companion. It really was quite quite the scene there for you. Yes, it was. It sure was. And, and I didn't, I did know, you know, I looked at my, my phone. And I knew it was getting close to about, uh, uh, while I laid there, it was about three o'clock and I realized I needed to do something to, uh, try to draw attention to myself. So I did pull my pistol out and, uh, I shot it. Uh, I shot off one round. Uh, it was only a five shot revolver. So I felt like I needed to save the other four in case uh, I did encounter a bear or some other wild animal. Um, and so, uh, but after I fired that one shot, nobody, no one ever showed up. Um, <laughs> the trail's not hiked very much, I don't believe. So um, I, the chances of someone finding me that day were, were pretty, pretty uh, you know, small. Well, and that's where the story um, shall continue. And, and, Everyone's invited to Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's to hear Scott Von Cannon continue this story because it doesn't end here. Um, as Scott is in the woods, there are other players who are participating away from where he is, and those players come into the story. And unfortunately, we don't have that much time on the Carolina outdoors to delve into, but we invite everyone to come out because um, those other players. 
um, play a big part in Scott's story that day and his story today. And Scott Van Cannon, we really appreciate you coming on to the Carolina Outdoors and sharing this portion of the story with us. We promote people being outside and enjoying being outside, but we also want to hear stories like this that involve life lessons, life lessons learned previously, faith stories, and enjoying what you have when you have it, because you never know when you may not have it. Well, I certainly appreciate it, Bill and Wes. Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to tell this story and be here to, to be alive to to share the the testimony of how uh, the first responders and everyone got me out of there. And it's quite a quite a, a story that uh, I I certainly will never forget. And I try to share with everybody that I come in contact with. Well, thank you for your time today, and we look forward to seeing you then on October fourteenth, if not before. Thank you, Scott. Off he goes. That's Scott Von Cannon, A Day Goodbye, Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. And off we go. Wes Lawson on that side, Bill Barty here. We're going to come back and wrap up the Carolina Outdoors right after this.